what about this staff is why we should believe? Development. I'm, I'm the living testament. Longhorn Nation, we're back! Welcome back to another episode of Fire the Cannon, part of the 1012 Podcast Network. I'm Rocky. I'm Megan. We're Fire the Cannon. And today we have an incredibly special guest. Y'all, I am so freaking excited about this. He is hyped up. He is a sixth year, just finished his sixth year with UT. He's our O-lineman. He's the hero. Always got that big old smile on him. Working on his third degree from UT, y'all. Third degree. Some of y'all can't even manage one. This boy is working on three. Are you kidding me? He is rocking it. He is our man, the always smiling, Tope Amade. Man, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. It's great to be here. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Awesome. Hey, listen, I, I'll be your hype man any day. Thank Look, you. I've, I've, I've followed you for, for a long time, Tope, and your, your, your story is really incredible. You've, you've persevered through a lot uh, with your time at UT. You've seen three mm-hmm. different head coaches. Uh, you know, God only, I'm sure you've lost count of your position coaches at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and, and unfortunately lost your mother through all this, but man, you always stay smiling. You always stay positive. Um, and you are just such a huge role model. I'd, I'd love to get into that. How let, let's start with this. Let's start with what made you choose the university of Texas? What brought you here? And then, and then what kept you here? Uh, well, I was born and raised in Texas. So I just felt like going to UT was, it was a need. It was a need. So I was down to two schools, Michigan and Texas. And, uh, my dad is huge on academics. So, you know, why leave the, the greatest state, you know, why not attend the greatest university there is. So uh, you, it was a no-brainer. Uh, I committed two days later after I was offered. So again, like it was a no-brainer. So I, 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 I had to come here. So uh, what I stayed, um, I stayed through all the coaching changes and all the highs and lows. Uh, one thing stayed constant was my best friend, Denzel. So, uh, you know, we came in together. We're going to leave together. So no matter, we weren't going to transfer. <clears throat> so... Again, as long as he was here, as long as I was here, we were both going to stay here. So uh, that was kind of a no-brainer as well. So I love it. You're ride or die, huh? Yeah, ride or die. That's, oh, it. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit about your degrees. You've got, like I said, mentioned earlier, you are working on your second master's from UT and your third degree overall. Tell us a little bit about that. What 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 do you got the big brains for? Oh, it's uh, it, it didn't start off like that, you know, uh, you know. My, I was on academic probation my, my freshman year with Coach Strong. And, you know, you know, coming into college, you get caught up in all this, this lifestyle of, you know, partying and having fun and not going to class and doing all the other crap that I saw, I saw the older guys doing, which wasn't, you know, that's not, not what I'm used to, you know, in, co- in high school, I was very studious, but in college is a different story, right? So I finished with a sub 2.0, it was pretty bad. Uh, Herman came in and then he preached accountability uh, and I took I took accountability to myself and, you know, uh, just started prioritizing academics. And it, it came to a point where I wasn't seeing playing time. So I was like, I was at a crossroads, a crossroads where like, if I'm not playing. So what else can I be good at? What can I put my effort and time and energy into? So uh, I put that in school. I got a couple of academic awards on honor roll, stuff like that. Uh, but my biggest accomplishment was getting accepted into McCombs. And that's pretty huge for grad school. And now I just kept it going ever since. So uh, I got I had my undergrad in in uh, corporate communications, had my master's in marketing, and then I'm working on a second master's in sport management. So, uh, like I like I told you pre-show, you know, uh, ideally I wanted to do finance or IT management, uh, but I would have missed fall camp this year. I didn't want to do that with the new staff. So uh, the mo- the most ideal choice was sport management because it's asynchronous and I can do it at my own time. So it was perfect for football. So. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Again, I, I barely have time to like manage my day-to-day job and life. I can't imagine, you know, being at UT, one of the hardest schools to get into, and then working on your second master and juggling football and getting, you know, the grades up, man, that it is truly impressive. It really is. It really is. That's impressive to do without the rigorous, crazy schedule and demands of football, 
spending your weekends, your whole weekend is gone every weekend. Yeah, the, the time management is has got to be insane. I mean, average students who don't have that extra commitment struggle to compete at that level. And you did that with the rigors and demands of football. That's impressive. It's just incredible. Well done. So on a, on a more like personal social note, you're the big Disney Marvel fanatic, yeah. right? What, yeah. what, it, what is it about the world of Disney slash Marvel that I know you're loving Disney plus, right? Cause now it's all in one place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So who are your favorites? Like what's, what's your big draw to Megan's a big Disney person. Hmm. I'm, I'm, in, I can appreciate it, but it's not like totally my massive jam, but yeah. I, I appreciate what draws you in. So everybody grows up watching Disney and it's, it's something that made me happy as a kid and something I kind of started learning more of when I was in college and the marketing side, the business side, what draws people to Disney. And it's, it's, it's kind of, it's family based as well. So uh, my, my thing is being able to make people happy, you know, the same way Disney made me happy as a kid. So uh, whether that be Pixar, Lucasfilm, which is Star Wars, uh, Marvel Studios, Natural Geo, like all that stuff just interests me and it made me happy as a kid and I want to be able to further that in my career. So uh, Disney's the ideal place to go to. I'm not trying to go there right after college, but maybe a couple of years down the line, uh, it would be there for me. But, uh, you know, right now I'm just, uh, I have a YouTube channel, the Heroes Playbook. Y'all go subscribe to that, please. Uh, where I just talk about anything Disney related, anything superhero related, where stuff that makes me happy because uh, as a college football player, uh, you've been playing, you probably played football for about 10 plus years. And people have this loss of identity once they're done playing. Like, who am I? Now that I'm done playing, like, the one thing I've been playing my whole life is gone, you know? So uh, I started this. I started talking with our director of player development, Kevin Washington. He started he started me on the YouTube channel stuff. So uh, I had this identity of, of myself where, like, yes, like, I'm proud of me loving superheroes and stuff like that. People may think it's, like, uh, nerd culture, but, you know, over time, nerd culture evolved into pop culture, where it's like it's popular to 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 love these superheroes, to admire Iron Man, to admire uh, all the, all these types of characters. So uh, I was like, why not? I love talking about it. Why not put it on screen? So started a YouTube channel, got some subscribers, and uh, I'm just trying to keep it moving from now on. So the end goal is to for the YouTube channels, like to hopefully attend premieres in LA and stuff like that. So that's kind of my goal there. But uh, just kind of having a hobby on the side, you know. So as I pursue my professional career in chasing Disney and marketing and, 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 and streaming services, I had this thing on the side where like, okay, if they want to go a little bit deeper and see who I am as a person, they know, like I've been promoting their content since I, since I was in college. So uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the whole plan right there. Let me tell you, it, it, it's incredible to me how well thought out you have everything. I, I, again, when I was at your point in college, I, I was like, I don't fucking know what I'm going to do. I have no idea where I'm going to end up. Shit. Can I find a job? Somebody want to give me a job, but man, you've got it all planned out. I love that. That's, that's Thank fantastic. You. So, Thank all right. So tell me who's your favorite Marvel character. I would say Iron Man. He's just he's charismatic and he's, I wouldn't say cocky, but he's just confident, you know, and uh, again, he's rich and he's just smart. So I'd like <laughs> to compare myself to him in a way, but I'm not, I'm not all tech savvy, but Iron, Iron Man is definitely my favorite. I love it. I love it. Rocky, all right, come on. You've got to have a favorite Marvel. I do have a favorite, Black Panther. Here. Black there Panther. There we go. Hey, that's that's nice. You know, I didn't I didn't want to make it a, an obvious like, you know, he has to pick Black Panther. So I'm trying to diversify it a little bit. But yeah, Black Panther's up there on my list as well. But that's awesome, Rocky. That's awesome. Well, I've seen bits and pieces of the movies over the years. You know, I have a, my, I have a son and a daughter. And so we go see the movies and they're, you know, when they're out, you go see them. And I'm not, so, but I'm not all caught up in all the characters. You have to know who's crisscrossing with who. It's really complex. Yeah. And each movie's like nine hours long. But <laughs> when, when Black Panther came out, I was just blown away. Like I yeah. was absolutely blown away. Loved it. I've seen it now a hundred times. And every time I see it, I see different things. Yeah. And I have like a few things around my house, little bits of Black Panther. I put out a Black Panther inflatable every Christmas. I have a little Christmas one. <laughs> but um, the thing that I love, the new one, Shang-Chi, yeah. loved it. It's To me, it's up there. It's 1A now, Black Panther, 1B, Shang-Chi. Not that I'm a big Marvels person, but those are the ones that I yeah. didn't have to know the stories. I could just enjoy the movie. And I exactly. love it. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. And, and the thing about Marvel is like they're huge on representation, so. You have Shang-Chi being like the first Asian superhero put on film uh, in Eternals. You had the first, uh, you know, uh, gay superhero, you know, represented. You had the first deaf hero represented. And they're doing that with their Disney Plus shows as well. So 
uh marvel is you know is probably the most inclusive you know film company i've ever i've ever seen so and they're not stopping anytime soon so and just to mention the mention to uh you mentioned how uh it's kind of confusing so they even have disney plus shows where like that are connected to the films too so like if you thought you're behind now like you're you're probably never going to catch up rocky i'm sorry but you know marvel, there's, no, there's no hope crazy. there's no hope yeah, there's no hope basically yeah, no, <laughs> it's 13 years in the making you know so uh it's you know Mar- marvel is, is is i know it's uh, 13 years a lot of movies a lot of tv shows but uh it, it's great if you get to catch up on it so even though i mean that may not be the case for you but <laughs> if you do have the time you should go watch it it's awesome it's awesome megan who's your favorite superhero uh, marvel superhero it, okay i've got to say right now it's captain marvel and i know a lot of people dogged on yeah. captain marvel right like a, a lot of people dogged on on the movie and everything but yeah. I loved it. You know, you were mentioning representation. And for me, I know we're switching universes a little bit. I'm going to say I felt the same thing with DC watching the new Wonder Woman that came out. Yep. Now, 1982 was garbage, in my opinion. <laughs> but but yeah. look, I mean, just seeing, you know, for a long time, you know, grown up a little girl, it's like, oh, well, you're the damsel in distress, right? Yeah. You're you're yeah. the one you can be strong, but you're not the main character. And so to see those characters come out like you know, Wonder Woman and, and, and seeing Captain Marvel come out and just being all around badasses, right? Like I, I love it that that's, I'm, I'm feeling that power. So yeah, I, I definitely got to say Captain Marvel for me right now. Awesome. That's awesome. You know, Rocky to that point, there are a lot of movies, but you can actually look up. I did this during COVID when we were all on lockdown, I made it a point to go through and I watched all of the, the MCU, like including TV shows and movies I watch them in chronological order and I also watch them in release date order. And mm. it, I mean, it, it really is cool. I know I'm that person. Sorry. There are people who watch it like three or four times. So you, I promise you're, you're good. Right. There's just so much in there. It's like every time you watch it, I, there, there are movies that I've watched. Over, I mean, hell the, the uh, Captain America's and, and the Iron Man's, all of those, like you can watch those over and over. And every yeah. time, doesn't matter how many times I've seen it. I catch more from it. So yeah, that's incredible, man. All right. So tell me this, you, you definitely, you've talked a lot about Disney. You mentioned streaming services. So you're a man with a plan in your ideal world, you know, in the two, three years, you're going to take a little break, you know, build on your, your YouTube channel. What is your ideal position with Disney or, or with, you know, in the MCU, let's, let's say that with, with Disney or ABC, what's your, what's your Uh, ideal position? Is marketing, whatever it may be. Uh, I know with, with football, I didn't have time to do enough internships or externships because how busy we are. So I'm just trying to get my feet wet right now. But ideally, uh, working on the marketing side, because I want to be able to draw people to the film. Like, what what can I put out there to get people in theaters, to get their, you know, to get their butts in the seats, you know? So uh, I've, I've always wondered why I like the trailer so much or why, like, even in Super Bowl commercials, when, when they promote Marvel movies, like, uh, what's so interesting about that, about that trailer that wants to get me into the theater? So I want to do the same for, for other people. So uh, the marketing program uh, I was in last year helped a lot, helped me understand a lot. So uh, hopefully I can apply that whenever I'm at Disney. So that's fantastic. Hey, what starts here changes the world, right? Right. You're right. I have no doubt that you were going to go out there and shake things up, man. That is, that is just awesome. All right. Well, let's, uh, we, we got to know you a little bit. Let's, let's jump on into the season, man. It it definitely, I'm got to say it, it, little disappointing, right? We didn't quite end where we wanted to. Um, but, but can you tell us a little bit about senior day and the atmosphere there? And, um, you know, what, what's it like to be a Longhorn and run out on that field on senior day? Well, uh, for me personally, I'm sure it was different. You know, I've been here six years and, uh, I had to run out with, I ran out with my mom. So, uh, it was emotional at first because, you know, I'm holding a picture of my mom and I know she would have loved to be there, you know, be there, you know, she was, you know, but, in person, she'd love to be there, but, uh, you know, I got tearing up a bit. Uh, even some of my, you know, some of the staff is tearing up too as well. So it was emotional. Uh, and then I started thinking about, dang, like it's been six years, you know, like I've been here for almost, a, for almost a decade, you know, three head coaches, you know, like now I'm finally here, you know, my senior year was supposed to be our first Alamo bowl, you know, and I'm, you know, I redshirted and I stayed another year and then the whole COVID year thing. So it's insane how, like, I just started to reflect on that time and it's like, wow, like I really did it. So or me and Denzel did it, you know, so uh, it, it was, it was crazy, you know, and finally running out, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm just telling you right now, like 
the first snap on offense, I was tired as crap. So I, so we, you know, we you run out of senior day, take pictures with my family and stuff like that. I had to run back, you know, we had to run out with the team. I had to run back to the tunnel, grab the flag, you know, got the, I ran out with the Texas flag, ran out with the Texas flag, and I had to run to the sideline. And then next thing I know, offense, you're up because, you know, they did the whole, the whole coin. I'm like, oh, fuck, like, here we go. Like, so the first play I was, I was just like, dog shit tired. So, you know, but I, I mean, you basically ran like, sprints back and forth before yeah, you yeah. started playing. So, yeah. <laughs> I was exhausted, you know, I had to run to the tunnel, run that, run back out with the flag, run to the sideline. Then I hear, you know, offense, you're up, like, oh, here we go, you know. So <laughs> that is too much running for an O lineman. Exactly. Much yeah. Like I'm 340, 345. So, <laughs> uh, running, running isn't my strong suit, but all that aside, like, you know, the game started and we we're just kicking ass. So I couldn't be any more appreciative of the opportunity. So you definitely had some energy left because you were an offensive player of the game. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. You. you, you got an opportunity and made the most and fantastic job. You guys got stronger throughout the game. It was really great to watch. We cheered to the very end for, for you guys. It was we were proud. We were proud of the fight. We had talked about this um, in some previous episodes. Like, there's been fight, and then there's spaces where it's not consistent. And then, you know, Coach Sark has been pretty vocal about consistency, four quarters, you know, 60 yeah. minutes of consistent play on all three sides of the ball. I felt like this Saturday, there was so much pride and, and effort for the seniors to finish the season with a win. Um, there was still at that time a little a slight chance of a bowl eligibility still out there, yeah. right? And the, and to give what you can control was to come at home on senior day and finish with a strong win. I was really proud of the fight. That was a physical game that went to the last second and very proud. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I, I was saying the, the game was pretty you have a guy like Roshan behind you, and you know, you can't be held, you can't help but be motivated to block even harder. So him and Bijan, the whole running back, the whole running back room is super talented. So we already have that motivation to to block even harder, longer, give more effort. So uh, having those guys makes my job easier. Well, not really, but hopefully my job makes their job easier. So uh, having guys like that just you know, makes the whole process even even more easier. So can be more grateful for them. That's fantastic. So can you speak a little bit? You, you know, you're talking about the leadership in Bijan and, and Roshan. Can you speak a little bit about that? Like who yeah. who do you identify as the leader of the team or, um, you know, who, who are people looking to in the locker room? See, there, there's two types of leaders. You got the vocal ones, you got the ones that lead by example. And the one, the most vocal, you know, you have to go with Roshan and he leads by example as well. So people, you know, in teams in the past, whether it be Herman or Coach Strong, people will frown upon young leadership unless you're an actual baller, right? Uh, the K- Roshan came in a young freshman and just, char- just charismatic as, as can be. So he had the leadership qualities as soon as he stepped on campus. You know, he came from, he switched from quarterback to, to running back and nothing changed about him. He kept the same energy, the same tempo. Like he, if anything, he, he went even harder. He went even faster. So uh, Roshan definitely, uh, you have leaders on defense like Demo, uh, Snacks, T-Sweat, um, Offense, you know, Derek Cursor, the old man, he's probably like 65 years old, even though I'm older than him. His manner, to say, y'all are kind of close there. <laughs> I'm, I'm older than him, but his mannerisms, he's he's pretty old. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we had this, you know, we had this joke uh, in the O-line room two weeks ago, and we were just talking about favorite cereal because, you know, we always talk about food. And uh, Derek is like, everybody's like, Fruit Loops, Captain Crunch, this, that. Then Derek goes last and says raising brand. We're just like, Derek, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, <laughs> he is like, so he's right? he's he really is like old soul. Like he just yes, raising that, get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. Is he worried yeah. about the fiber is fiber in there? He just says it's good for you. It's good for you. It's good for you. That's that was the only defense. And we're just like, bro, just come on, man. Just get out of here. So, oh my like uh, not even fruity pebbles or no raisin no. brand oh raisin like brand. you might, might as well say, say oatmeal or like whatever like, <laughs> i bet he doesn't uh, even put like sugar on his raisin brand either no, derek, it's just straight is, dry ass raisin brand derek, <laughs> derek is a plain you if, if you know derek you know, he's, he's a very straightforward and plain guy so uh but he, he is an awesome leader and I, I was great i'm blessed to be in an opportunity where i when I first started, I was between the smartest guy in the room, which is Jake, Jake Majors, and who knows every freaking position and who to block and where to the who-tos and how-tos, 
Then I'm to my right is the most experienced guy in the room where Derek, he just finished his last game with 49 career starts. So I could have been blessed and put in a better position. So I'm grateful for Derek for that, even though he's old as hell. So <laughs> it's uh, he, he helped me a lot, a lot throughout the, throughout the season. So, and he, he held me accountable on and off the field, whether that's like, all right, Tope helped me out with this block a little bit more or, hey, you missed this block or, hey, good job, you know? So that's the type of leader Derek is. And he's been like that too since his, uh, since his freshman year. So leadership on offense and defense are, are the same guys, you know, who, who are, who are captains throughout the season. So uh, we noticed that as a team and we voted on, we voted on those guys. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, on the offense is Roshan and Derek and a sprinkle of some other guys. And then defense is Demo, Snacks and some other guys as well. So, yeah. That's, that's incredible, man. So with, with a couple of those guys leaving, do you see any young bucks stepping up and, and taking that leadership role? Or is there anybody you want to call out and say, Hey, Hey, take this mantle. Who do you see? Yeah. I mean, of course, again, Jake Majors, again, if you, you have a guy like Jake who not only asks questions about the offensive line, but also asks questions like, okay, what does the tight end do with this play? What does the receivers do with this play? What's the, what's the quarterback reading this play? You have guys like that. He's, you have no choice but to lead. So Jake, for sure, like I haven't seen anybody besides Zach Shackelford, I haven't seen anybody that smart uh, in, in the O-line room, you know, and just that intelligent and just pick it, picks up on stuff like that. Um, so Jake on on the O-line for D-line, Byron Murphy. And I say this like he is he has the physical ability of a college senior. And academically, he's a junior, you know, like he's he was he's on it academically. He's about to graduate next next year. So he is the most experienced freshman I've ever seen. So and if you, you know, I, I've made comparisons to him and Puna Ford before because I've never he like Byron came in strong. Well, I mean strong, I mean intensely strong. I I don't understand what it was or but he's gonna be a great player. And even though he doesn't talk much, he does lead by example. He does give 100% effort every every single play. So, uh, if I had a if I had an issue blocking somebody like my senior year this year, it was Byron Byron Murphy, and he he's going to be a special talent. Uh, Jalen Ford, you know, you saw him making plays throughout the season. He's going to step up big. Uh, we already know about Xavier Worthy. Uh, but let's see, uh, Baron Sorrell, I'm going to shout him out too, and I say him because he. He has Joseph Asai type of effort where even though he's tired, he's still going to go 100, 110, 120 miles per hour, you know, chasing down the quarterback, chasing down at practice. So those guys are, are guys I'm looking forward to leading next year and actually contributing even more. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Those are all great. And I saw your reference yeah. of Byron Murphy to Huna Ford in your letter. We'll get to that in a minute. But yeah. that made me go, hey, because he was when they rated the defensive players over the season, he yeah. was one of the highest rated players over of his efficiency and work this season. So I'm excited to keep following him. I'm glad you mentioned him. But yeah. a couple names I haven't heard you mention in leadership future what's happening and it's always a controversy the quarterbacks they're both talented they both fought through injury they both played you know back and forth what do you see at the position at quarterback going forward but looking ahead as far as leadership and taking the team to the next level what are you seeing at the quarterback position yeah. where how do you feel about the quarterback position going forward for texas uh, well, I don't know much about the quarterback room. I just know they're a group of hard workers. Um, I know Sam had his mistakes his freshman year until ultimately he led us to the Sugar Bowl next year, the, the following year. So, you know, Hudson and Casey are great players, you know, and this is both of their first year starting. So I can't really judge them and, and see, like, again, they're both great leaders too. Uh, we, the O-line responds well to both, to both quarterbacks. So I can't, I can't judge them based off of one year because again, we all make mistakes our, our freshman year. Like I promised you Byron Murphy will, will play even better next year. Right. So we'll, we'll see how it goes next year. Just give them a year. They have experience now in game experience leading the team. So uh, I'm not one to, you know, pick who's my favorite or who I feel like is the best, uh, but it's, it's, it's who executes more. Right. So next year we'll see how that goes. I mean, I'll be watching just like you guys, but uh I, mean, I wish both both guys luck. Whoever Sark brings in or doesn't bring in, you know, as long as they compete and and execute a practice, then uh, we'll see. So, yeah. 
I like always the diplomat. That's it. That's fantastic. Uh, You are in marketing. You are in marketing. That's I I get it. I get it. So, uh, so let's say this, you did, you know, Rocky brought up the, the letter that you had mentioned on Twitter, which was, man, that was, that was great to see. Can you talk a little bit about that? You know, you shouted out some of the coaches, you shouted out the experience. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, you know, every, everybody has like a going away letter, right. Or, or, or thank you long coronation. I'm going to the draft or thank you for this many years, this and that. So, uh, I was like, let me just speak from the heart and just show you, show you guys what, how I feel. Right. Just open up to you guys. Like the, the, the last thing y'all y'all need is another negative, you know, based off the season. So like, let me give them some kind of optimism. So, uh, I believe Kosark is a guy just based on our offense and what we've what we've been able to do. That we have one we have one of the best offenses in the Big 12 in the beginning of the season. Uh, next, Coach Flood. Um, like I mentioned in the letter, like I had about five years on the bench. You know, I went offense, defense, back to offense, moved to tackle, special teams, didn't really play it at all. So the fact that I I missed majority of spring ball, I was still a tackle up until August 20, 2021, August of this year. And Coach Flood developed me throughout the season to be able to take snaps and, and execute in game is a, is a testament to him. And I, and I bring that up, not just to shout him out and say how good of a coach he is, but like, again, like he, he'll never tell you he's, he's a great coach and he's humble like that. So I'll, I'll speak for him. Like he's that guy. So he, he, he's won the Outland Trophy, Joe Moore Award and, and Remington Trophy all in one, all in one season at Alabama. So, he, he is arguably the greatest coach in college, O-line coach in college football history. So the thing about Coach Flood is that he developed players as well, even walk-ons. So I say that for him. I say that for future O-line recruits to, to, who really do want to leave in three years. Like, this is your man. Like, if you really, truly want to leave in three years, Coach Flood is your guy, you know. So uh, I put that out there for recruits as well. But uh, next, I mentioned – uh, young leadership, and, and we just touched touched on that with X, Jalen Ford, Jake Majors, and Byron Murphy. Uh, following that, I mentioned uh, redshirting. Like redshirting is not a bad thing at all. You know, being able to develop physically and then pursue, you know, more academics. So e- even if you do choose to ch- to go to the NFL or whatever it may be, like if you don't, that fifth year can, is is pivotal. Like you can go for a second master's. Most most guys don't have the opportunity, right? So. Uh, I just tried to preach that. And then lastly, uh, just recruiting. You know, people want Texas to be back right now, right? And it's crazy how Sam said that three years ago, but, like, people want Texas to be back, you know, now. So what is the most effective way? And that's to have great players. And transfer portal, all that crap is cool and all, but, like, you have to be able to recruit as well. So there's only so much players and coaches can do, right? So I, I just put it in – in the hands of long coronation, like, Hey guys, I don't care if you DM tweet, beg, like get, get these guys here. Like we, we four or five star guys, even three star guys, no offense to them. Like I was, I was a three star guy. Like it doesn't matter. Cause you're going to, you're going to get developed anyways. Right. So, you know, get the recruits that we, any recruit that we offer, get like, I don't care if you just keep going, like talk to them, try and recruit them as well. Like it can't just be players and coaches, you know? So I know stuff happened yesterday with uh, uh, Evan Stewart, like people were beat up about that. Like, dude, just keep going at him. Keep talking to him. Like, don't just give up on stuff like that. You know, like people always flip on Sunday. People always flip, you know, mid season, whatever it may be, like, just keep going. So uh, that was kind of my message to Long Coronation. And I just finished thanking my coaches, my three head coaches in the past. And, you know, and then my four to five offensive line coaches, if you count Coach Wickline, who recruited me. So uh, I finished the letter with that and that was it. That was, it, it blew up. Your letter blew up because it was so well written and it had some just like to the point, to the point. I know you said you weren't going to yeah. go along and you did. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great. I'm like, keep writing, keep talking because I want to hear yeah. it. I want to hear what you have to say. So you talked a little bit about the coaching staff and that you, yeah. you said, you know, the fans trust this staff. You believe in this staff. What about the staff on a broader picture has you, because there are some fans that are, you know, everybody, we understand it's a rebuild. We understand that it's, especially we're still in, coming over COVID year and things are still aren't back to hundred percent the way they can run everything and do everything. Yeah. What? So we didn't really get to see the full picture yet. What about this staff? You're in the, you're in the rooms with them. You're at the trainings, you're in the games, you're on the plane, you're on the sidelines. What about this staff is why we should believe. Development. 
again, I, again, I'm, I'm the living testament. Like I haven't played like the last time I played a game, I started a game was uh, before this year was December, 2015 or November, 2015, my senior, my senior year of high school. So for me to go from being on the bench, even my, as a fifth year, you know, and then coach flood comes in and works with me for about four to five months in total. And, you know, I know Denzel went down, but I come in and I have some of the highest grades on offense, grading out some of the highest grades, and then being able to finish my career being the offensive player of the game, like that's a testament to Coach Flood. And that's just Coach Flood. We have other position coaches who coach the exact same way. So, I mean, y'all heard about it with Coach Davis and how passionate he is about not losing and, and just, you know, wanting to be better. That's all the coaches. They, they are passionate about winning. And the one thing I say that could really help football, uh, Texas football, is stability. You can't have give these guys time to develop. Like, you know, give like you can't have like with me. Like, I had a different position coach my first four years. I had Maddox, Wareheim, Coach Hanford, two three years, and then I have Coach Flood now. Right, stability. Like, that's not that's not a coincidence. If I were to have Coach Flood my sophomore junior year, like, would I be here talking to you guys? I'll probably be doing draft prep. Right, so. It's not a coincidence. Like you can see the parallels where like different O-line coach, 2016 O-line coach, 2017 new O-line coach, 2018 new O-line coach. And then that instability and I haven't played. Now Coach Flood comes in. You, you might say I'm biased because he played me, but again, I didn't start the first half of the season. He developed me even throughout the season. He coaches me the same way he coaches the starters. He coaches the starters the same way he coaches the walk-ons. There's no drop-off. And that's every coach. And they take the time out, you know, to specifically teach your deficiencies. So I I didn't really have that in my first five years. So the fact that I developed this much in one in one calendar year is, is amazing and, and a testament to Coach Coach Flood, Coach Sark, and the rest of his staff. So uh, if you're looking for optimism, just you know support Coach Sark. Don't start calling for a new coach over after one losing season, right? Support Coach Sark. Support what he's doing, and and just be just be optimistic, right? Don't don't drag the program. Don't call for his head. Don't call for his job. Like. Be patient, support, and help recruit is all I can say. So, yeah. Man, I love that. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna say things. I'll be a little harsher than you are about it. I've I mean I've I've been a Longhorn fan since I was born, right? I, I was born in Austin. My parents went there. I've missed eight home games, eight home football games since I was born, and and I'm old as shit. All right, so. I will say that, I mean, Texas has been known, you know, early on before, you know, coach Brown, <clears throat> excuse me, before coach Brown got there, we were known as the wine and cheese crowd, right? They, they, the football games were an event, a social event. And oh yeah, there was a football game on Mac Brown really changed that culture. Um, but that's something, you know, Rocky and I've talked about it. I harp on it all the time. Texas fans can be entitled and, and you were delicate about it and you did not say this. These are my words coming out, but we're entitled and, and we, we expect national championships the first year a coach comes in and that's not realistic that's not how football works and and I'm so glad to hear you say that this stability you know that's something I've been yelling about is look even if it's not the perfect fit you can't rip a coach out every three four years and expect any kind of consistency you can't expect to build anything that way so I'm, I'm so glad to hear you say that I you know your insight with the coaches and and what they're building and how they develop I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Your development and where you started the season versus where you ended the season was incredible. That that was a noticeable change, and and that's a testament to the coaches. Just to add, add to what you just said, like and that's just the season. Imagine three years of the staff. Imagine me spending three years with Coach Sark. I mean, with Coach Flood. That was just half a season, or I mean, a couple of months with Coach with Coach, uh, with Coach Flood. Imagine three to four years. So stability is going to be huge. Like. And I want I want Longhorn Nation to to understand that, and that's kind of why I'm doing all these podcasts. So like, I can't just tweet about all this crap. Like, I want to be able to I want y'all to hear me. And from a player who just finished playing a game under the staff, or my third head coach, like, I've had experience with all three. And for me to speak so highly of Sark, like, I just want y'all to be able to listen and, and, and understand. Like, you know, I can't get on boards. I can't get on boards and you know say this and say that and. I want y'all to be able to like, okay, this is his voice. Like he's being genuine about the stuff. So uh, when I talk about stability and support and optimism, y'all have to have that, you know? So uh, again, I'll be as, as a fan, I'll be as, opti as, as optimistic as I can be, but 
uh, for you guys out there who kind of mad about the season, mad about Coach Stark, mad about this and that, like change that whole mindset, dude. Like we're not going to get anywhere with that mindset. So uh, the best you can do sitting at home listening is help recruit and just be optimistic. I love it, man. I'm going to, I'm going to nickname you just, you're going to be Tope Ray, a goddamn sunshine. Like you're, <laughs> you're making me happy. I'm hyped for the season now. Like I, bring it on, man. I love it. I love it. Okay. I'm going to heed your advice too, because you're wise and you're experienced and you're in the, in the locker room. I will believe if, if you say Sark's the man, I'm going to believe you. I will never not be mad about losing to Kansas at home. I will never not be mad about that. <laughs> Cause I'm going to have to hear I'm, I'm about it. For the rest. But I understand if you, if you say, if I, I trust you, I'm going to trust you. If, <laughs> if, if we're all in, we're all in. Right. Yeah. All right. Which no matter what, no matter what I, I cheer for the players. No matter what. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, so tell you what, again, we talked about senior day and and again, one point I do want to make to kind of touch on what Rocky said. I don't think anybody's telling the fans be happy about losses. Nobody's telling the fan that's, that's not the message that's being conveyed here. I Kansas sucked. Look, I was in, I was at Kansas when we lost in 2016, that drive home sucked. Yeah. The drive home from Austin sucked, but I, I think it's also, important for folks to realize we're fans. We watch it. We're invested for sure. Y'all are playing it. Nobody wants to win more than y'all. I, I, I believe that. And I see that from a lot of the players. So it's, it's great to hear you reinforce that message and, and have that out there. And so I'm happy. I'm happy you said, of course. And I'm happy you said that, said that too, because Nick Saban mentioned the same thing in his press conference last week. Like nobody wants to win more than us. Like we're not going out there intentionally trying to lose. Like, we want to win. We want to go to a bowl game. We want to win. We want to win the national championship, right? So uh, I get it. People are emotionally invested into this team. You know, people are alums. They're longtime Longhorn fans, whatever it may be. But like again, granted, like current players, nobody wants to win more than current players. You know, so uh, you know, I saw people. You know, after the Kansas Kansas game, there a lot of bad stuff said, a lot of threats. Um, but it's just like, again, how do you think we feel? You know, we already feel like shit. Like, we don't need to hear it from you guys as well. So uh, all I can say is, again, nobody wants to win more than we do or more than they do now because I'm, I'm not playing anymore. But uh, just understand that, like, we're not going out and just, like, fucking happy that we lost, you know? Like, we're, we're beating ourselves up, too. Like, what, what could we have done better, right? So coaches as well, like, they – they like, what can I have done better as a, as a coach, you know, like, now we're not just happy. We're not, we're not satisfied that we, that we lost. So all that to say, like, we do take responsibility. And even though the season didn't go the way we wanted to, like, again, like I mentioned, growing pains is all it is. Growing pains, growing pains. Yeah, that, that's, that's definitely good to hear. Being such a strong voice and advocate for the players in the program and the coaching staff, what do you have plans to stay around the program or what kind of role you're going to have with the football program going forward? Um, after you graduate, are you, are you going to be on the staff somehow or in the community yeah. somehow? I've, I've, I've seen stuff like that. Like uh, people were mentioned, uh, I could be like an intern or, or GA under coach flood or do all this, do that. Um, I'm still trying to figure out life right now. You know um, I just want to adjust and, you know, whether that be pursuing the NFL staying in Austin, helping coach flood out with recruiting. Like I just want to, I just want things to settle down. Like it hasn't even been a week yet, you know? So I just want to get my stuff in order and whatever I can do, like, I, like I mentioned, and you know, I was on a, uh, I did media last Monday and I told them like, coach flood only asked for two things, great effort in recruiting. So even if I'm done with football, done with UT, like I'm not going to stop messaging guys like, Hey, like I'm an alum, like coach flood's a great guy. Like, so that's what, that's kind of what I'm doing right now with even with uh, Devon Campbell, who's like a five star guard, went to the same high school. So I'm trying to get him to come to Austin. So, like, uh, I don't see myself. I'll still be in Austin, but I'll still be with the team in some way or fashion because my YouTube channel. I'm trying to have some guys come up there, and like I mentioned before, it's it's all superhero based, right? Or or hero based. So I have a segment called Origin Stories where like I'll interview a I'll interview a player and. They talk about who they are, how they got to UT, and just their whole journey. So, uh, I'll still be around. I'll still be around, but in terms of football, I don't know yet. I'm still trying to decide. 
I love it. We're going to have to get you a cape, dude. We're going to, we're going to have to get you a cape because you are a Texas superhero. It's incredible. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. All right. So uh, as, as we're kind of wrapping up the, the review of the season and, and, you know, your thoughts, can you leave us with a, a favorite play if, from, from either the, the last game or, you know, let's, let's take it your whole career. Do you have a favorite play that you you just relive that? And that's going to be the thing that you remember fondly. Uh, I think if I mentioned Bijan or Xavier, it's kind of like cheating, right? Uh, they are like, cheat codes, though, so I think that's yeah. fair. <laughs> it's like the most badass play, and it's not even like a nice play. Is I think Coach, Coach Herman shared it with the media. Kansas State 2018, where it was like third and six, third and, third and seven, whatever it may be. And Shane called the play for Sam to convert to Colin, to, to pass to Colin and converse, we can run the clock out. So that's probably the most badass shit I've ever, like, the fact that Coach Herman went to Shane and like, Shane, what, do you, what, what would you call? And Shane, Shane said, oh, run this and this. And we actually converted and ran the clock out. That's hands down the most badass play. And, you know, Shane had every right to, like, be upset about the situation and losing the spot to Sam. But the fact that he called that shit and then we executed it, and it was, it was insane. So uh i'll say that that was my favorite play i love it I'll, we're I'll gonna have to dig that up man what's up yeah we're, we're gonna have to dig that up for sure yeah, yeah, replay yeah. it over I'll, and I'll over the middle convert it it was it was a great play it was a great people can always say like oh I'm the 50 yard run or the 60 yard pass like but no like in terms of just like badassery that was it like shane shane killed it on that so and he wasn't even involved in the play he just called it so uh, i gotta give props to him so that's team effort, team effort, yeah. right? Team effort, yeah. Anytime you need when you're down to that last minute, minute and a half, and all you need is to just get a first down and you can take that victory formation. Yeah. I mean, to me, those are probably the one of the toughest because the defense has to do everything. I mean, that's when they're stepped up the most, like to try to get that ball back, try to get that first down stop. And yeah. if you can just get that first down, then you can run out the clock. Those to me are the when everybody's on their feet, you know, offense and yeah. defense. That so that so for that to be one of your favorite plays too, that's that's pretty cool because it meant a lot to everybody how it got down and then they executed it and then you secure the win. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. All right. Well, let's wrap this up because we still have the whole crazy world of college football to talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness and we'll talk, we'll talk about that in just a second but first we have to give a shout out to one of our sponsors is gridiron metal we talk about them every week part of the 1012 podcast network they sponsor um gridiron metal is a sponsor and if you want to get gifts for yourself your tailgates for your family um, for your house for your friends they, they have smoker chimneys, they have gill gr grills and grates, all these iron metalwork items that are with the university logos, not just Texas, you can get Texas Tech, Texas A&M, they're all laser cut metal, really sharp, really clean, and they use the right burnt orange, which we talk about every week, because that matters. If you want to go to gridironmetal.com, if you use the code CANNON12, C-A-N-N-O-N-1-2, CANNON12, you get 15% off and free shipping. So while you're listening to this, go ahead and click over to gridironmetal.com. Keep shopping while you listen to us, because now we're getting into the crazy world of college football that's happened over the weekend. So let's start first with OU is moving to the SEC. So Lincoln Riley's going to the Pac-12. That was <laughs> apparently like players were finding out on their phones. The same thing we'll get to in a minute with Brian Kelly to LSU, but Lincoln Riley, they're saying, you know, maybe he didn't love his path to a championship through having to go through the SEC. It's an easier ride at the Pac-12. And also he gets to live in L.A. and get one hundred million dollars and a six million dollar home and a private jet and palm trees <laughs> instead of tornadoes. Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, thoughts? <laughs> On that note. <laughs> All right. Hope. Yeah. Are you surprised by that move? I mean, I was, yeah, everybody was saying, like, can you go to LSU or whatever. And then uh, at the post-game post uh, post conference with the uh, – uh, after he lost Oklahoma State, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to LSU. I was like, oh, well. And I found out about USC. I'm like, okay, he didn't lie. But then again, it's like the way he went about it, you know, when people were, you know, very critical about um, what he had to say about Gary Patterson after he left. 
And it's just like, okay, you just did the same thing how many weeks later, right? So uh, one, I feel like that that kind of sucks for the players, but two, like a hundred million is a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of money. <laughs> I could do I could do a lot of things for a hundred million, right? So um it sucks for the players again, but again, I guess because I Coach Riley did what he thought was best for his family. Uh, but then I, I guess, you know, Ms. Fancy, I call you fan, I'm just, just calling you fancy. Uh, Ms. Fancy mentioned how, you know, it, the path to a championship, right? Like it, it probably is easier in the Pac 12. You know, there's no, there's not really a, a contender there. I know Oregon just lost to Utah right now, but uh, again, he already has what, three, two, two five stars and a four star receiver committed to Oklahoma and that, that are in California. So, and people can make the argument like, okay, he's been planning this move for a long time, but you know, ultimately they're going to end up decommitting, decommitting, and staying home, right? But uh, I don't know, Coach Riley, <laughs> smart move, but the way he went about it was pretty shitty. So uh, I, I could tell Bob uh, Bob Stoops is pretty pissed too. So uh, it, su- it sucks for them. It just, it just sucks entirely. So. Yeah, big game Bob was big mad about yeah. that. I mean, he was just sitting there in that conference just stewing, man. It 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 seemed pretty obvious. Yeah. So no, I, I have to agree. So from a player standpoint, how does that again, you went through three coaching changes. Yeah. How does that affect recruiting? How does that affect mentality of the team? How you know, can you give us some insight there? Well, when Coach Strong was fired, you could see the drop off. We we signed the number one recruiting class in the Big 12 led by Devin DuVernay and Brandon Jones. And the second year, uh, second year when Coach Herman came in, our recruiting dropped like crazy. And we nicknamed that class Shit Stain 17 because it, was, it, really don't, we, it really wasn't a shit stain class because we had Sam Cosby, Sam Ellinger, TQ, uh, and Kay Brewer. So it wasn't really a, a shitty class. But in terms of how many five stars and four stars, there's a huge drop off, right? So you can see it right now with Oklahoma. You already saw decommitments you've seen people enter the portal so like coaching changes are huge right except for really Sark who kind of picked it up after coach Herman left so uh I mean I'm sure he got a commitment I think coach Sark had a commitment his first week or second week on the job on the job by Armani Winfield but he decommitted now so which sucks but you know coaching changes can be good and bad good in terms of coach Sark getting hired for for example but bad as in you know Coach Strong getting fired and Herman getting hired because it was a huge drop off in recruiting. And you can see that in, in, with Lincoln Raleigh's move to the USC right now. So it's mainly bad. So long answer, but it's mainly bad. So it sucks. Do you think it makes a difference? Like, so in your situations, the, the coaches didn't perform to the levels that were expected or, or you know, that were set for them, reasonable or unreasonable. Um, and so they were fired as opposed to, Lincoln Riley, who says at 2 a.m., it just dawned on him that maybe he should go to California, sure. you sure. know, and, and he sure. never talked to anyone about, we know his agent talks to them, yeah. but, you know, which is fine. That's how the business goes. You know, all of a sudden he needs to be in California. So his players find out later, whereas they're more blindsided as opposed to months and months of the coaches on the hot seat. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's kind of similar because how, because of how much we loved Coach Strong and how much of the players Coach Strong recruited loved him as well. When he got fired, they, people started decommitting as well as to Coach Riley, who built, who's had back-to-back Heisman winners, first-round picks, and seven years at a place where he he built connections to just up and leave, and and like and he just made a decision after the game is is just bullshit, right? So uh, it sucks. It sucks for the players. And I, I read something. I have some friends that. At, at OU, I kind of confirmed this to where, like, he was kind of forced to talk in front of the team where, you know, he was forced by uh, uh, Bob Stoops, like, hey, like, talk for your talk for your guys, you know, and, you know, DeMarco Murray said something, he stood up and called them out. So uh, it's just the way he just went about it, you know, at least Brian, even with Brian Kelly, at least he had it, he talked with his players, you know, answered questions, you know, heard them out, you know, but, you know, Money, money talks, man. Like money, money makes people do stuff. So, Coach Riley, he could have done. You could have handled the situation a little bit better, but you know, it just sucks for the players. Like I said before, so sucks. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was definitely a kind of a shock the world announcement. Again, I, we hear him say, Oh no, I'm not going to be the head coach of LSU. Well, yeah, technically he didn't lose, yeah. but uh, look, it, it did. It feel, it felt shady. It, and I'll be the first to say, if somebody walks up to me and says, Hey, I'm going to pay you $110 million and give you an extra million dollars while I'm buying your homes and yeah. give you access to a private jet. Like, I, I'm staying. I'm, I'm going. Like, there's that's yeah. to me. That's a no brainer. The only questions I'm asking is who, what, where, when, and why. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I, will, I will go. You know, exactly. So. You know, Mother Hustler said something on uh, on Twitter that had me cracking up. She was like, "I'm not even packing. Fuck that. Meet me at the plane. I'll be there." <laughs> right. So, so I agree. I I, I get it. I, yeah. I don't think anybody, any rational and reasonable person, isn't gonna say, "No, I don't understand. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take that money." Yeah. But it's how he did it, right? Like yeah. not talking to the players, blindsiding when everybody. When you're sitting at literally, you and your assistants are still spread out in living rooms, wearing OU gear. When along these things have been in the works, because this at USC job's been open for what eighty something days. So this it's, uh, you know, he's like, well, I didn't talk to them. Of course you didn't. Your agent did, you know, like we, we know how it works. It's been lined up. It was ready to go. If they weren't going to be in the playoff, which they still had a shot at before Bedlam of, you know, getting to the big 12 championship game. If they won that, they would have gone to the playoffs um, likely. So once the, the playoffs were out, he's done for the season. Like you mentioned earlier, he was, you know, he didn't like it when Gary Patterson does it, but she was always on the other foot, right? <laughs> when yeah. it's your turn to get the big check. Well, Gary Patterson walked away, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, you said the shoes on the other foot, but really yeah. Riley hadn't taken those sooner J's off yet. Like every picture I'm seeing him in, he's rocking Oklahoma Jordans. How, what are you doing, man? Take off the damn shoes. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what, that's what some of the fans are saying right now. Like, take some even some of the coaches he brought with them have some gear on so they're like just take that shit off right now you know like right. so they're pretty pissed about it do you think I, the fans should be grateful for what he's did give them like you mentioned championships um heisman trophy winners the red rivalry win little bit red rivalry yeah, wins. I, hate, I hate it i hate those r's too i, I know it. red rivalry shouldn't <laughs> they don't you think they to go from defending his brisket they literally <laughs> defended that nasty ass brisket to Dry go from fighting on Twitter about why that brisket was okay. Yeah. And now he's the devil traitor and they burned it down. They flipped pretty quick. Do they not owe him any kind of appreciation, even though he did it in a shady way? To a point, like they should at least be grateful for the back-to-back -back Heisman's, the back-to-back -back first round picks, the back-to-back -back playoff experience uh, appearances uh again but you don't you don't leave a program like that being that successful right you don't you don't leave being back to back to back to back big 12 champions you know like it's in my opinion i feel like he knew something was coming and i've read stuff about him not wanting to go to the sec so for him to just jump shit after being so successful there had to be a reason that he didn't he didn't want to stay anymore so i get it money but it's also something bigger so uh they should be grateful for what he's done. But again, the way he went about just leaving after so much success is like a slap in the face of the fans. Right. So uh, it's, okay. it's okay to be mad. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. To be mad, but also maybe once that's tempered down, appreciate what you had too. Yeah. So but right now got to go through their stages of grief, right? We're yeah. talking about that every week on this show. Stages <laughs> of grief. But, yeah, they're in the anger okay. phase right now. <laughs> the, the other big story this week, um, which broke yesterday, right? Brian Kelly to LSU. Apparently yeah. he had assistants. One of his assistants was in Notre Dame gear at a recruit's house when the phones oh, are yeah. blowing up. And he's sitting there trying to recruit a kid to a coach that's gone, that's yeah. out the door. And then Brian Kelly had to call a meeting where he spoke for about 11 minutes with the players about... Um, moving on to LSU. And then I saw the athletic director of Notre Dame today saying pretty much, you know, we, we didn't even get an opportunity to counter. He was gone. They, he talks about, you know, that maybe it's a holdback that, that, you know, that they're not in a conference and they have a harder chance of getting into a championship game, which affects playoff seating. And then he said that they are going to do their own in-house search. But to me, Brian Kelly to LSU just doesn't, fit yeah it's, it feels weird uh, I don't know much about Brian Kelly but 
uh, all I know about is the, the whole situation, like you mentioned, like at least he took time out to talk to his players. You know, like I don't know about all the, you know, what's a good fit, like what's what's you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about all that, but I just know he handled, he handled the situation slightly better, right? So uh, I wish they can. He would have been able to hear the Notre Dame out, but I guess when people get desperate, they just start offering money. So that 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 moves a lot of moves a lot of people. So it's it is what it is. So. Yeah, it, it the world of college football has certainly changed. It is big business. And anybody that pretends otherwise, it, it, you're living under a rock, man. I, yeah. I mean, these these hundred million dollar contracts, these crazy terms, it, it's just getting bigger and crazier. Uh, no question there. I Rocky, I got to agree with you, though. I, I don't get it. I mean, Brian Kelly's a good coach. He's done well at Notre Dame. It just seems like a weird fit at LSU. Um, you know, talk about a rabid fan base that's going to tear you a new asshole if you aren't immediately successful. Yeah. Uh, you know, Coach O was the perfect fit for the Tigers. It, right? I, don't, I don't get that either, right? You went a natty two years prior and then you're out the door, you know. So it's just, it's crazy. And that, that was his dream job too. You know, he's from he's from Louisiana and it, it sucks that like people can just turn on you just to, just to win, you know. So uh, that's why I'm like... I'm telling long coronation to just be patient and, and just have faith. Right. So you never know, like how long was coach Owet? I know he was an interim coach before he was named the head coach, but how long was he there before he was, he won the natty or when, when was he named head coach? Wasn't it his second year? And what, what, what year was that? Two years ago, 2019. Oh. Yeah. It was, yeah. Before oh, so, the... you know, same year. Well, same year he was named head coach. He won the natty. Right. That's crazy. But, you know, just be patient is, what is my message to Longhorn fans. You know, like you never know. Next year, you might, might blow up, you know, or you, you never know, especially because Oklahoma is going through shit right now. So, you know, with, with the transfer portal and all, and all these other things, like you never know what's going to happen. You never know who, who we're going to get. And I saw this guy, um, you all know Doc Allen or. Uh, oh, we love him. Yes. You know, he uh, we, we, were, we messaged a lot on Twitter and he mentioned that like, uh, he mentioned he tweeted this stat where you know Michigan was shitty last year and then they got 12 to 13 transfer guys and then look at them now they have a you know Kenneth Walker's gonna win the Dope Walker Award right so it's like we, we never know what's gonna happen in the offseason even though I know it's basically Christmas it's Christmas right now for the coaches because the you know the portal put the portals full and all but you know we, we, you never know so just be patient and give it time and when next year comes we can address it then but uh, right now, let's just support who we have, what we got, and just ultimately support Coach Stark and his staff. That's, that's a great message for Longhorn Nation, and we're going to hit that on repeat. We're going to take that sound bite. We're going to play it over and over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm here for that message, man. All right. So we're, we, we, I want to run just a few, like, quick rapid-fire questions Do to you, and they're going to be random and all over the place. So. We're going to just start it off now. All right. Beef ribs or pork ribs? Beef ribs. All right. Favorite color? Green. All right. Boxers or briefs? No. Boxers. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. That's That, that was quick. That was quick running. What's your favorite car? I want. I don't, I don't know that. I don't really know about cars like that because I, I, I ride in a 2008 Toyota Camry, so it's pretty small for me, but damn it. Like, I've always wanted a, uh, what are those electric cars that people always talk about? Tesla. Uh, Tesla, Tesla. yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it was one of one of those, so it's pretty cool. All yeah. right, we have a couple of questions. Things that Megan and I disagree on, and you can be the tiebreaker. Do it. Does be do beans belong in chili? Yes. No. Yes. Chili. chili. Yeah. He heard you. He heard you. Chili. Texas. He heard you. Yes. Chili. Thank right. You. All right. Yes. I'll cut this. I'll cut this part out of the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is All right. pumpkin pie good? No. Thank you. Thank you, Trash. Hate it. Hate it. All right. One last one. On your <laughs> onions, tomato, and cilantro on your food? Yeah. Yes or no? Tomato and cilantro are like on top Cilant of your tacos. Cilantro tastes pretty bitter to me. So I wouldn't add cilantro, but tomatoes and onions, yeah. My people. Okay. You are well, my you people. Go, 50, 50. My we're, people, we're, we differ massively on food. Like, <laughs> yeah, Rocky and I enjoy don't enjoy or opposite. Yeah, oh, we don't understand yeah. how we stay friends over our varying food opinions. So, all right, thanks for right. clearing that no. up. <laughs> all right, okay. Here's one last question. Pull up to the bar. What's your drink of choice? What are you ordering? I don't drink. 
Oh, <laughs> there you go. I don't water, <laughs> water, no ice, water or sprite. There yeah, you go. or club. So people, I learned about a club soda not too long ago, so I, I can grab one of those. But I just don't drink at all. That's fine. Club soda with lots of lime. Uh, yeah, lots of lime. Yeah, that's that's what me and uh, that's what like, my teammates get for me whenever we go out. So perfect. They, get the, they perfect. get the drinks. I get the. I'm the designated driver. So you're the smart one. <laughs> we we right. know that. Well, and that's also why you're working on your second master's from UT. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> love it. Well, Tope, man, we are so grateful for you, your positivity, your smile, your insight, like you have just been fantastic. And, and Longhorn Nation is truly lucky to call you a lifetime Longhorn and to have you as part of our crew and to Absolutely. be in that burn orange, man. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, And, and I'm telling you, you're, you're, you're due for big things, man. I'm, I can't wait to see you hyping up so. that Disney <laughs> Disney Plus streaming service and creating trailers and I'm I'm all yeah, for it, man. I can't I can't wait. But is it okay if I shout out my YouTube channel one more time? Is that of cool? course, yeah. I'll Where tell everybody all the ways to find you: Instagram, yeah. YouTube, all the ways. Yeah, so just on Twitter, follow me at T O P E I M A D Tope Made, and then subscribe to my YouTube channel. Support me in any way you can: like, share, subscribe. Ultimately, so it's at the Heroes Playbook T H E space E H E R O E S and last word playbook. So follow me there and for more content and thank you guys for supporting me. I love you guys. Absolutely. Aww, awesome. too, I'm you. glad you're on the recruiting trail too, a little bit, <laughs> even if it's behind the scenes, because a voice like yours, it's not just the football side, but the academic side and the future after school and the new coaches and your own personal developmental story. I think that's going to be huge. And I hope a, a couple of recruits really take to heart what you, what you have to say. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. All right, we'll wrap up. So thank you, Tope. I'm Rocky. I'm Megan. And we have a special guest who is? Tope Mare. And, and we, we are-, are Fire the Cannon. <laughs>